today we are talking about a big topic that I get so many questions about, and that is emotional eating. If you're someone who feels like every time that you get stressed or bored or lonely or anxious, you turn to food, it's almost like this automatic behavior that is really hard to break for you, then we're going to talk about that today. And I'm going to talk about the difference between getting joy from food and relying on food for your joy. Those are two completely different things. And we're going to dive deeper into both of those different things. We're going to talk about why emotional eating is actually not a bad thing. And when it does become a problem, for you and giving you signs of how to recognize if this is something of that you rely on as a crutch to not feel those negative emotions. And then at the end, I give you three questions to journal on or to reflect on to help you understand your emotional eating, where it comes from, and what action steps to take moving forward if you want to not get rid of the habit because, as I always tell my clients, emotional eating is not something that you're going to get rid of. It's a coping mechanism that you're going to learn how to have a better relationship with. And this is a whole other episode that we could get into, but three questions to reflect on if you feel like emotional eating is a problem for you. And as we are diving into this, I also want to let you know that next week, I'm going to be releasing a brand new free training. When I say releasing, I mean opening the doors to registration. The training, the challenge is going to start on September 5th, and it's going to focus on binge eating, which is intimately related to emotional eating, overeating. So if you're someone who feels like you can't control yourself around food, if you want to be able to trust yourself around your favorite foods like cookies or ice cream, then this challenge is going to be a game changer for you. And I really mean that. So stay tuned. I'm going to be announcing when registration opens on my Instagram, on this podcast and to my email list. So keep your eyes, ears peeled for that. And let's get into today's conversation about emotional eating. Welcome to the Live Unrestricted Podcast, a show where you'll learn how to heal your relationship with food and your body so that you can focus your time and energy on more important things like your personal growth. I'm your host, Sabrina Magna, food freedom coach, and my mission is to help make your life happier and healthier without stress, overwhelm, or guilt about food. If you love the show, please do go out and share it. And if you're looking for support with your relationship with food, details about my programs are in the show notes. Thanks for spending time with me today. Now let's jump in. There is a difference between food making you happy and using food as a way to numb, distract, not feel your emotions. I'm hopping on here real quick because I was thinking about this today as I was creating some content. And we talk a lot about emotional eating with our clients. And I think that there's this persuasive messaging that gets thrown around by diet culture and even by some mindful mindful eating coaches or some intuitive eating coaches that demonize emotional eating. And one thing that I never do is demonize emotional eating. There is a time and place for emotional eating. The issue arises when it is your primary or your only coping mechanism. And I came up with the topic of today's podcast, which I'm hoping I can make a just a short, quick episode, because I was thinking of this sentence that I hear a lot of people say who are still stuck in diet culture when they're offered a cookie or a piece of pizza or a slice of cake. And we often hear that of like, oh, I don't need that, right? I don't need that cookie. I don't need that candy. I don't need that chocolate. 
And yeah, of course you don't need it. Sometimes you don't need to need your food to have it. It's okay to have food for the pure enjoyment of that food. If you're noticing that you are getting the big chunk of your joy in life from food. So for example, it's been a long day, it's been a stressful day, and your first reaction is, how do I make myself feel better? And you turn to food, and it tends to lead into like this binge or overeating, and there's a lot of guilt and shame wrapped up into it, then that tells me a couple of things. Number one is that you are likely not really getting joy from many other areas of your life. I talk a lot about diversifying your joy. And one issue that I see when we're talking about emotional eating and why people tend to get stuck in that pattern and have a really hard time breaking it is because food is one of the main or only sources of joy and of pleasure that you get in your life. As we get older, we start to forget about the things that bring us joy, like our hobbies, like self-care. We're always putting other people's needs ahead of ourselves. And I work with a lot of moms, a lot of people pleasers who always put their own needs on the back burner. And as a result, what they find is that they don't know what brings them joy anymore. And so, of course, food starts to be that crutch for them. And maybe you can relate to that as well. And so when maybe you're thinking of going on an intuitive eating journey or healing your relationship with food, there it's very normal if you feel a lot of fear at the thought of not using food as a coping mechanism anymore or as your primary coping mechanism, or not leaning on it as a clutch, because if right now your joy is not diversified, and you can know that by just asking yourself that question, what brings me joy? I know that I just wrapped up a um, my group coaching call, my last group coaching call with my Food Freedom Academy members, and one of the things that my client said, we always talk about the wins for the week, and she said, At the beginning of this program, when we started working on all of this, you asked me a question, which was, what brings you joy? And at the time, I didn't even know what to answer. At the time, I didn't have much joy in my life. And if that's the same case for you, if you hear that question and maybe it makes you pause, it makes you reflect maybe causes you a little bit of stress too to realize that the things that used to bring you joy, you don't do them anymore, then there's a good chance that you have started to lean on food to provide you with that joy, that relief that you're not getting from other areas in your life. And if we add to this layered cake, for example, if we add to that that you have been dieting, and depriving yourself and restricting food on and off for a very long time, then there's a good chance that when you are quote unquote on, so when you're in that restrictive phase, then you're really not getting joy from food, right? So you're only eating the plain chicken breast and the broccoli and the steamed veggies. You're not making space for those foods that bring you joy, like the 
cookie and the chocolates and the candy, whatever those foods are that you eat, not because you quote unquote need it, but because you want it, because it makes you happy. And those foods have as much of a place in your life as the foods that bring you the nutrients and nourish your body in a deeper way. Because without that second category of those foods that bring you joy, what ends up happening is you remove the joy that you get from food. And so on a daily basis, when you're in that restricted phase, you start feeling like because you've lost that crutch that you tend to lean on, which is food, you start feeling your joy start to dissipate. And along with that, there's a reason why emotional eating, you're not seeing it right now because I'm behind my mic, but I'm doing a cycle. There's a reason why emotional eating and dieting feed each other into this cycle. Because when you're dieting, you're removing some joy from your life, not just the joy that you get from food. And I'm the first person to say that food should bring you joy. So when you're dieting, you're removing the joy and the pleasure that you get from food. And then at the same time, there's a lot of side effects that come along with restricting food. You tend to isolate yourself a lot more. So you might eat in secret. You might eat alone. You might not go out to restaurants as much anymore. I know that was the case for me. I stopped going out to eat because I was afraid of calories and I was afraid of overeating. But then all I would end up doing is stay home and binge anyways because of the sadness and the loneliness. And I hadn't addressed all of those feelings. So I was masking it with food. So there's the social social isolation that comes into play. And then there's the changes in mood. So when you're dieting, you tend to be hungrier. You tend to be more irritable, more moody. You snap at people more. And I'm sure that you can relate to this thinking back on some of the past diets you've done. You're not the happiest person in the world when you're chronically restricting, hungry, not bringing food and not bringing joy into your life through food. And so, of course, you can do that. You can maintain that sense of, I'm going to call it misery because that's really what it is. You can maintain that sense of misery short term. That might last a week. But then those negative feelings build up. And so, of course, inevitably, because every time you create tension with something, every time you push something down, what happens is it rises back up and it rises stronger. Think of like a cork that's floating in the water. The more you push it down, the more you put pressure on it. It's not just going to stay down when you take your hand off. It's going to come flying back up to the surface. The same thing is like, let's say you every time that you needed to go pee and empty out those like that natural (laughs) progression of fluids through your body. Imagine every time that you needed to go pee, you're like, you know what? No, I'm just not going to I'm not going to do it. And every time you just held yourself back, then in the long run, that would be really bad for your body. You would probably develop some infections. And so every time that you push something down, every time that you create tension, so now we're talking tension in terms of whatever diet you're doing, you're creating tension with food. And so you're probably going to notice that when you first start a diet at the beginning, it feels pretty easy. You're in the honeymoon phase. You feel great. You don't have that much tension because you just started. And then over time, you will notice that the cravings start popping up a little bit more and a lot more. 
and it starts to feel like it's incessant and it's all the time. You can't stop thinking about food, especially the foods that you're not allowing yourself to have. Those foods that are there to bring you joy because that's really what a healthy relationship with food looks like is having those foods that are there to nourish your body while also having those foods that just bring you pure joy. Imagine your relationship with food as being the same thing as your relationship with work. And this is talking from personal experience because I'm constantly making sure that I am working on my relationship with work and I'm being intentional about having quote unquote balance. Because if you were to work all the time, 24 seven, and not make any time for things that bring you joy or just for self-care or for time off, eventually you will burn out. You're going to be able to do it maybe for a couple of days, maybe even for a couple of weeks. But what you're going to notice is every single time you're going to burn out and it's going to be a forced burnout because you're not choosing that anymore. You're so exhausted that you have to take time off. And I have experienced that before because I have burned off, burned out from work. So the same thing happens with food. When you are starting a new diet and you're in that honeymoon phase, at first you're going to be able to do it. But you're probably going to notice that with every new diet, that honeymoon phase gets shorter and shorter. It gets harder and harder. And that tension starts to build up. Because with every new diet that you do, you're carrying some of the baggage from your old diets. So every diet that you do, you create more tension with food. And you can probably feel that. Like, imagine when you're going to a party and you walk in and you realize that there is a table of sweets. But right now you're on your low-carb, keto diet no sweets diet or your calorie counting or whatever you're doing and you weren't expecting to see that table of sweets, you can probably instantly feel that tension build up. Either that tension is, okay, you know what? I can't control myself around these foods. So today is going to be a cheat day. And then you eat all those foods, you overeat all those foods and the tension is still there. Or you decide I'm going to use my willpower and I'm just going to not eat those foods. But the entire time that you're there, you can't stop thinking about those foods. You want to have those foods, but you're not allowing yourself to. And then you're probably going to go home and stop at the grocery store and stock up on some cookies and some cakes and the things that you've been craving all day, but you didn't allow yourself to have. Regardless of what the scenario is like, you've created a lot of tension. So looping back to what this has to do with emotional eating and depriving yourself of joy, when you are, one, depriving yourself of certain foods that really their sole purpose is to bring you joy, and two, you don't have joy that's diversified, you don't really know what else brings you joy other than food, it wraps up into a perfect storm so that when you start a diet and you are removing that joy from your life and eventually you cave because as a human being, you need joy, you need pleasure and you allow yourself finally. And usually when you allow yourself, I say that in quotes because a lot of the times it feels like you break, like it's unintentional, like you cave, like you were quote unquote weak. 
and you eat the food that is just there to bring you joy, for example, we'll say the cookie, well, then you have the food and you cannot stop eating because all of that dopamine is just coming rushing to your brain because you haven't been getting it. You haven't been getting it from hobbies. You haven't been getting it from social connections. You haven't been getting it from the relationships in your life because your relationships also suffer when you're on a diet. You haven't been getting it from food. And so what you do is you smash it up into one day, one binge, and then the guilt and the shame gets wrapped up into it. And you tell yourself, well, number one, I knew I couldn't control myself around this food. And this reinforces your belief that you need to cut them out, even though cutting them out in the first place was the reason for your binge. And you tell yourself, well, now I'm just going to get back on track tomorrow which recreates that cycle of tension, of deprivation, deprivation of joy, deprivation of food. So how do we do that? Well, on one hand, of course, we need to stop restricting. The more you restrict, the more tension you create with food. And if you're someone you know that you get joy from food, as most human beings do, and there's nothing wrong with that, then you know that you're depriving yourself of joy. And the second piece of it is if you notice that you get most of your joy or maybe all of your joy from food, that tells me that there's joy lacking in other areas of your life. And so it's going to become very hard to let go of food as a crutch and to let go of emotional eating patterns because As human beings, we need something that's going to bring us joy, especially when we're going through hard times. And you're probably going to notice that you turn to food when you're feeling those strong negative emotions. So those two pieces are really important. And what I talked about at the beginning is there's a difference between using food as a source of joy and using food as a way to push down, distract, and numb your emotions. And this is a second piece that I see a lot in my clients is the inability to navigate strong negative emotions or just any kind of emotions. And so we numb ourselves and we don't have any coping mechanisms and food becomes that crutch. We feel lonely. We feel bored. We feel anxious. Our body says, I don't want to feel this. This is an uncomfortable emotion for me. Therefore, our immediate reaction is to turn to food and it might distract us temporarily And a lot of the times, the reason why it turns into overeating or even maybe a binge is because the negative emotions get stronger because now not only did we feel the loneliness or the boredom of the stress, but you add in the guilt and the shame from eating a certain way or eating a certain food, the negative emotions stack on on top of one another. And so we just keep eating to disconnect. A lot of the times it feels like fog eating. Fog eating means you don't even really feel like you're there. You dissociate. You can't really taste your food. And that tells me that the the issue isn't the food itself, which honestly it never really is. It's always a deeper issue. The lack of emotional resilience, the lack of emotional regulation. And this is a question that you can ask yourself is, am I afraid of feeling certain emotions? Am I capable of feeling certain negative emotions or do I always try to buffer them? And when I say buffer, I mean use a coping mechanism, but it's not really a coping mechanism. Use a mechanism to not feel them. Some people it's eating. 
Some people, it's drinking. Some people, it's drugs. Some people, it's over-exercising. So if emotional eating is something that you struggle with, I'm going to wrap this episode up. I'm at 17 minutes, so that's pretty good for me because I tend to go on rampages, but I'm going to wrap this episode up and we're going to talk about certain questions to reflect on. And I actually do recommend that you reflect on this. I'm big on journaling. And if you want to change your mind, you actually have to take action to change your mind, to change your mindset. Listening to a podcast is great and you might have a bunch of ahas, but that's not actually going to change your neural pathways. And so let's go down, let's bring it down on paper or let's have this conversation with someone, whether it's someone that you trust, like a partner or a friend or with a professional that can actually help you see your blind spots and really reflect on some of these questions. Number one, am I diversifying my joy? Do I know what in my life brings me joy? And do I actually make intentional time for those things? So for example, I'm thinking of one of my past clients for her. When I asked her that question at the beginning of our work together, she did have a hard time answering it because she didn't know where she got joy from her life. And then after a little bit of brainstorming, she realized that she really liked puzzling. She really liked sitting down, doing a puzzle, letting her mind wander, letting herself disconnect from the world. And she never made time for that anymore because her entire life was just always a list of to-dos and running around doing errands or taking care of other people's needs. And you know, it's such a cliche, but it's a cliche for a reason. If you're constantly filling other people's cup, your pitcher is going to be empty and eventually you're not going to be able to fill those people's cups. You need to fill your own pitcher. You need to recharge your own battery or else you're going to be showing up in the world. Your battery is going to be drained. You're not going to be your best self and you're going to turn to food to give you that source of joy. And oftentimes is going to turn into overeating. Again, the food itself is not the problem. It's the root cause of what is triggering those behaviors. So am I, do I have all of my joy in one basket? And then the second question is, if you notice that you tend to turn to food for emotional reasons, and maybe you associate too much emotion, too much excitement, too much ceremony around food, for example, on Friday nights or on the weekends, ask yourself, am I giving myself enough joy and pleasure from food during the week? Or do I have a rule that Monday to Friday I'm eating quote unquote clean and it's only the chicken breast and the oatmeal. And then on the weekend, it's all bets are off and all of these foods come flooding back in. And if that's the case, How can I start incorporating some of these pleasure foods into my life more regularly so that when I do eat them, it doesn't feel like it's that last supper mentality. It doesn't feel like this is a special occasion, which is the reason why we tend to overeat in the first place. And then the last question is, do I know how to handle my negative emotions or Do I have a tendency to numb, distract, pretend they're not there, push them down, push them down, push them down through distracting behaviors like overeating? So those are three really good questions to ask yourself because that's how you can actually start getting to the root cause of why food feels so emotional and so triggering for you. 
because food is supposed to bring you joy. Food is supposed to act as a point of connection, as a way to show people love. Absolutely. Food has always been emotional in our life and it will remain emotional. I know for me, I'm always excited to go out for dinner and to enjoy good food. But when I'm out for dinner, it doesn't turn into overeating because it's not my only source of joy. I have all these other sources of joy, whether that is taking time for myself to read my books, walk by the water, be with Luke, be with my friends, be with my family. I have all of these different areas that bring me joy. That food doesn't feel like this crutch for me. That's going to be my sole source of joy. And at the same time, I also know how to feel my negative emotions. It doesn't mean that it feels comfortable. I'm not saying that negative emotions are going to feel comfortable, but I don't run away from them because I know that life is going to be approximately 50% positive emotions, 50% negative emotions. And I know that if I keep running away from my emotions, they don't go away. And you know this too. They just build on one another. They just get more intense And then issues that would have started as a small issue. Think of like if there's an issue in your relationship and you don't bring it up the first time. And then every time something happens, you don't bring it up. You don't bring it up. Then every time the issue gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So what would have been a discussion in the first place ends up being a massive fight when eventually it all blows up in your face because you have all of this unresolved resentment that you haven't brought up to the surface. So if you can evaluate your ability to work through negative emotions without distracting yourself, without numbing yourself, and you realize that that's a skill that you need to work on, then voila, you've got step one, which is awareness. And then you can start working towards finding those support systems, those resources that's going to help you get better at that skill. So (laughs) this was super impromptu. I literally was making my lunch and I was having a, a, um, what are they called? Those praline pecans that my friend brought me from New Orleans and I was having them and I had this thought and I was like, oh God, food just is so pleasurable. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to turn to my mic and record a podcast. So I hope that this was helpful for you. If it was, please share it with a friend. If you know someone who struggles with emotional eating, if you know it's going to help them, then show them a sign of love and send it over to them. And as always, you know that you can head over to... Instagram, social media, and share with me your biggest breakthroughs. I answer all of your messages personally, and I really do love to hear it. I'm so grateful for you, every single one of you who shows up every week to listen to this podcast. Have an amazing rest of your day. You're so awesome for taking this time to dedicate to your own journey, your own healing. And I I love every single one of you. Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you found it valuable, I would love if you would share it with someone you know that could benefit. If you're loving the show, don't forget to subscribe over on Apple Podcasts so you don't miss a single episode. I really love hearing feedback from you, so please leave a rating and review over on Apple to help us get in the ears of more people who need it the most. Finally, Come hang out with me on Instagram at Sabrina Manya Health for more educational content and get up close and personal with me. Thank you so much for being here and I'll see you on the next episode.